character Lauren was, um, I suppose, killed off is the word, in a canoeing accident and her friends are stood looking at her grave and the epitaph on her gravestone said, Lauren Cooper, 1992 to 2007, I still ain't bothered. What's really interesting about Lauren in that clip is that she does actually know French really well. Suis je bothered? Regard them over the She does know French, but she just can't be bothered. Our word apathy comes from um, the ancient Greeks, apatheos. Um, Patheos is all about passion and emotion. And when the Greeks put an a in front of something, it means the opposite. We, we say moral, and you can have someone who's amoral. They have no morals. So for the Greeks, apathy, or apatheos, or apathy, was a positive term. It meant that you were free from being driven by your emotions, very, very much able to be objective, and not rash or fickle. To be apathetic was to be clear-minded, and sensible so it's interesting that it's become a negative term implying a lack of motivation no passion no energy no desire but we, if someone's apathetic we, we might say they're, they're just a bit flat they've got no drive there, there's been a lot of recent research into the subject of apathy from a medical perspective um, not that long ago, if you went to your doctors and said, oh, I'm feeling a bit apathetic, I suppose the doctor would say, well, maybe you're a bit depressed. But the medical profession is beginning to see clinical apathy as a different thing. It affects people with illnesses like dementia, for example, um, and some other neurological conditions. And for the first time, medics are beginning to classify the symptoms of clinical apathy separately to depression and to work out how you could treat someone who is clinically apathetic um, and the, I suppose the idea is that lack of motivation no sense of purpose and inability to see things as they really are confused perspective all of these things might come under the idea of, of being apathetic so uh, we're aware that some people can, can be apathetic for, for clinical reasons, but I, I'm interested to think more generally about people who, who wouldn't go to their doctor and say, doctor, I'm feeling apathetic. I'm just thinking about apathy generally. So I wondered whether we might have some discussion at this point. Um, thinking more generally about apathy in life, just there, maybe for a couple of minutes, turn to people that you're sitting with and just think about this. What do you think are some of the causes of apathy? What things in life make people apathetic? Two minutes. Talk to people next to you. And don't be apathetic.
Well, who's going to be willing to shout out some causes of apathy? I'm not bothered because who's going to go first? Got to be brave. No purpose. Okay. Do you want to elaborate? Okay. You had a purpose there, though. What's the point, yeah? Is it, is it worth it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So feeling overwhelmed can, can actually lead to you being apathetic. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. <coughs> Disappointment. Yeah. How, how does that work? Yeah. So like people when they're voting feel like they're voting for a cause and if they're just disappointed every time eventually they just go. So you can kind of just give up. Yeah. So you feel deflated and yeah. Okay. So, so we were thinking last time about anxiety but there's kind of a close connection there isn't there feelings of despair maybe set in and yeah it's very hard to kind of lift yourself out of that isn't it if you're suffering from that what, what about this group were you being very apathetic or do you just agree with everything they said <laughs> whatever pick up on that theme uh, as well as some of the others uh, go on <laughs> something made you smile I don't know I'm intrigued to know what it is though and you're not going to tell me are you no he'll tell me afterwards or maybe you won't what, what about your group Okay, well, I, th- I thought it'd be good to think about some, some of those reasons um, we'll, we'll pick up on. I, I, you, you've thought of some that I, I didn't particularly think of as well. But um, what, what about um, this one? I'm all right, Jack. Uh, I'm comfortable. I'm sorted. I've got no worries. Why should I be bothered? Um, I think we could describe this one as affluent. Um, and I I don't want to dwell on that but the question here is whether our relative affluence culturally actually can lead us to be apathetic about the plight of each other or or others maybe not in our culture that's an interesting question just to throw out there Um, I think someone maybe has picked up on this what about this one I'm too small to make a difference uh, I've called this one, I think, insignificant. Th- this is a possible cause of voter ap- um, apathy, isn't it? Um, what difference does it? What difference does my vote make? It's just one vote. 
it can be a cause of work-related apathy. Maybe if you work for a big company, I'm just a number. No one else cares, so why should I? What difference will it actually make if I slope off early? Will not do a full day's work? No one will know. No one will care. So why should I? I'm just too small and insignificant for anyone to be bothered. I think it's true in terms of the environment. I'm looking at my wife there, because we've had some interesting discussions about the environment recently in our house. Recycling, do you do that in your house? I'm just one person. What possible difference will it make if I take the trouble to put my coat bottle in a different bag? Makes no difference, I'm just one person. I know the answer to that, by the way. I've heard it a million times. If everyone had that attitude. <laughs> but do you ever feel like that? Planting trees, what difference would it make if my whole garden was full of trees? In Brazil, they're probably cutting down more in one second than I could possibly plant in a lifetime. Do you ever feel? That, that's, that's kind of a sense of being overwhelmed, isn't it? We know that these are things we should worry about, but I'm really too small to make a difference. And that can lead to us feeling just apathetic. Um, what about this one? I think Mandy picked up on this one. I'm not bothered because it isn't worth the risk. I don't want to be disappointed if I try hard and mess things up. Um, I, I, I wondered, just think about this during the week, whether this, it's, part, it's not just a lack of confidence, but that was the angle I was thinking about. Sometimes this is where the feeling of overwhelm comes in, isn't it? It's just not worth the risk. I, I can't really pull it off, so I'm not even going to try. Um, I th- think about this we, we live now don't we in, in a world that is dominated by the internet some people think relationships are too hard so even their relationships are conducted in a virtual world that isn't real it's not worth the risk actually talking to real people so I'm just going to talk to people from behind a screen I don't get the knockbacks or the rebuffs or the pain of living in the real world, so I'll live in a pretend one. Is that common in our culture? I don't know, a fear of disappointment, perhaps, if we're trying hard and failing. On the subject of Christianity, I, I think this is one of the key reasons why people reject Christianity. There's a computation done, and it's just not worth the risk. It isn't worth it. It'll cost me too much to be a person of faith. What will other people say? What will it cost me? And there's a calculation. And if you're going to do anything in life, you've got to be willing to put your neck on the line, haven't you? And unless you really believe something is going to be worth it, you won't put your neck on the line, will you? So that's another possible cause of apathy. I'm not bothered because it's not worth the risk. Um, I'm not bothered because I messed up last time. Um, I think that can be a very common cause of apathy, can't it? I tried this and it didn't work. Um, maybe that is very personal for some people. We could talk about regret. I, I screwed up and I'm not going to go there again. And there's kind of guilt or regret there. 
Um, was it was it Jai? Cool, cool Jai said, "I'm not bothered because it's not cool to be too serious." I, that is so true, isn't it? In our modern culture, um, I, I think I've got another clip to play here. Um, if I go on to the next screen, Tim, can you make it play? It is if you hover the mouse over it. There it is. If this is a song by the Kaiser Chiefs called Never Miss a Beat and I think the lyrics will come up of what I've done works if they don't I'll tell you what the lyrics are afterwards but listen to this to know nothing does that resonate culturally why, why is it cool to know nothing no one wants to be thought of as the class swat or the office enthusiast isn't it interesting that when you go to a primary school sports day all the kids are like oh, I still want to win you go to a secondary school sports day it's like whatever <laughs> I don't care I'm, not, I'm bothered am I really bothered Younger children are so much more, so, so much less self-conscious, and I'm sure that this kind of teenage issues they have growing up that are quite normal. But we we do tend to think, don't we, that people who are too keen are just a little bit immature, that they just haven't quite grown up and become cynical like we have, you know. Poor them, <laughs> they're still so innocent. Um, if you're not cynical you've probably not quite grown up yet it's also possibly a power thing just going back to Lauren in the video her attitude to her teacher is you really need me to like this French subject but if I do that somehow makes me subordinate to you and makes you superior to me. So you know what? I ain't bothered. That's a power play, isn't it? You haven't got nothing on me. I ain't bothered. I ain't bothered about what you want me to like. And I'm not going to submit to you. I just ain't bothered. And yet, Lauren is intensely bothered, isn't she? Isn't that the ironic thing about people like Lauren? I ain't bothered about French, but the reason I ain't bothered about French is because I really do care about what my mates think. I'm bothered about that. And in the end, the reason we don't think it's cool is because we need approval, don't we? 
I don't want people to think I'm fanatical. I, I need my friends. And I want my friends to think that I'm cool. So, I ain't bothered. It's kind of a interesting sort of, all sorts of irony there. What is really striking, I think, here, is that the reason we say, like Lauren, I'm not bothered, is because actually we absolutely really are bothered. Looking like we don't care is actually often a sign that we really do. Uh, he's, he's not here today, but I do this all the time, playing squash with Rich. Um, on, on a Tuesday, you can take it or leave it. We actually like to get our excuses on the way there. I've only just had my tea. Not that bothered. In the pub afterwards, someone invariably asks us, who won tonight? Not bothered. <laughs> well, when I win, I'm pleased to say that I won. Thrashed him last week. But he thrashed me the two weeks before that. I wasn't bothered then. Am I bothered? Of course I'm bothered. I hate losing. <laughs> and I love to pretend that I don't care. But actually, I really do care. And I know he does as well. Secretly, even though he pretends he's not bothered as well. Is that what he tells you? <laughs> he cares more than I even thought then. <laughs> bothered. <laughs> Just wait till I see him on Tuesday. Oh, I won't be playing on Tuesday. What a shame. Well, it's, it's ironic, isn't it, that when we say we're not bothered, often the truth is that we really are bothered about something deep down. I think that leads us on to a last one. I don't want to dwell on this either, but I'm not bothered because I've been hurt. Sorry, you're not invited to the party. Am I bothered? Actually, yeah, I am bothered. <laughs> but I'm not going to show you I'm bothered if you don't want me to come to your stupid party. Am I bothered? Yes, I am. We, we don't want to be excluded or hurt. And I, I think in this one, hurt makes us unable sometimes to trust other people. I'm not going to let you in this time, because last time I did, it was really painful. And I am bothered, even though I might like to give the impression I'm not. When you look down the list of reasons here, would you agree with me that apathy is not really about not caring? or not being bothered, the reason we become apathetic is actually because we do care a great deal, but we're not sure whether the things we really care about will materialise. And as we've said, the truth is, you can only risk something or put something on the line if you're secure to start with. I've read a lot this week on possible solutions to the problem of apathy, uh, many of them are not religious or spiritual in nature. Um, I came across one humanist uh, website. Secular humanist advice boils down to just try harder, get out more, pull your socks up. But what has really struck me about that advice is that a secular humanist can't tell you why you should do those things. And that, there's no reason to do those things. It sounds to me like, laugh, because if you don't, you'll only cry. Which doesn't sound to me to be a very 
compelling reason. I, I think there's an aching meaninglessness behind the humanism that's so prevalent in our culture. We have a team mug at home somewhere. I think we still have it. Maybe it got broken like many mugs do in our house. On one side it said, one, there's two characters. One character says to the other, get up. And when you turn the mug around, the other one says to them, why? And that's kind of what it boils down to sometimes. Do you know the character Helen Keller? She was a lady who was blind and, and deaf and mute, I think. She, was she, did she kind of invent, or was one of the people who invented Braille? I don't know. Very famous blind person, anyway. So she said, science may have found a cure for most evils, but it has found no remedy for the worst of them all, the apathy of human beings. When you look at all the things we've listed here, what if there were the possibility of affluence becoming generous instead of becoming lazy or indifferent? What if your life does have real significance? What if you could go somewhere to find help and strength and proper forgiveness and genuine acceptance and enduring, faithful, unconditional love. If you knew where to go to find those things, which I think, in fact, we all deep down yearn for, don't we? Would you not risk everything and put your whole life on the line to find them? Jesus tells a story in the Gospels, a very brief story about a man who found some treasure in a field... Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found some treasure in a field and he went and in his great joy he went and sold everything he had to go and buy the field because it was worth it. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is exactly like that. When you realise what the kingdom of heaven is it will explode your apathy and cause you to risk everything to get it. Perhaps one of the reasons we are spiritually apathetic is that we either don't appreciate our real need or we don't appreciate that the gospel is what we have always been yearning for. In the end, the good news of the gospel is that God doesn't wear this badge, which is tremendously good news. The God of the Bible is not long Cooper. And doesn't wear a badge saying, yeah, but I'm a bothered. He is bothered. And this is the great answer to the why question. There's a, a famous um, thinker and writer um, who, who lived through the Holocaust. He said this, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness. It's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy. It's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death. It's indifference. We read earlier from a letter Jai, Jai read to us, cool Jai read to us earlier um, from 1 John. John was a disciple of Jesus. He wrote this towards the end of his life. 
And he talks there about the fact that God is not apathetic. John says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Moved, bothered, God sends his son. This same Jesus who was crucified for our sins. This same Jesus who therefore rescues us from guilt and condemnation and alienation. And the antidote to apathy is right here. John says it in verse 19. We love because he first loved us. And that is the Christian gospel right there in a nutshell. Christians don't love to get something. Christians love because they've been given something. It isn't religion. There's no room for pride or for smug self-righteousness. None of us deserve anything. But this God is generous and kind and life itself and love flow out of him and into us. And it is in fact in Christ that forgiveness, faithfulness, acceptance, strength and even an impetus to be generous as he is generous is all found. I want to close... um, our time together by reading an interview I came across this week um, it's, got, it's got nothing to do with apathy really <laughs> but um, it's got a lot to do with what you might think about Jesus you, you'll know the, uh, the pop group U2 this is a, an interview that Bono the lead singer with U2 gave he's talking here with a guy who's clearly not a believer uh, in Jesus at all and so I'll read it as an interview okay so I'll read Bono's comments and then hopefully you'll get the gist of the interviewer's questions so here's Bono to start with it's a mind blowing concept that the God who created the universe might be looking for company a real relationship with people but the thing that keeps me on my knees is the difference between grace and karma The interview says, I haven't heard you talk about that. I really believe we've moved out of the realm of karma into one of grace. Well, that doesn't make it any clearer for me. Well, you see, at the centre of all religions is the idea of karma. You know, what you put out comes back to you, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Or in physics, in physical laws, every action is met by an equal or an opposite one. It is clear to me that karma is at the very heart of the universe. I'm absolutely sure of it. And yet, along comes this idea called grace to upend all that. As you reap, so you will sow stuff. Grace defies reason and logic. Love interrupts, if you like, the consequences of your actions, which in my case is very good news indeed, because I've done a lot of stupid stuff. I'd be interested to hear that says the interviewer well that's between me and God but I'd be in big trouble if karma was going to finally be my judge I'd be in deep bleep doesn't really say bleep 
It doesn't excuse my mistakes, but I'm holding out for grace. I'm holding out that Jesus took my sins on the cross because I know who I am and I hope I don't have to depend on my own religiosity. The Son of God who takes away the sins of the world. I wish I could believe in that. But I love the idea. That was what the interview said. Bono says, but I love the idea of the sacrificial lamb. I love the idea that God says, look, you cretins. There are certain results to the way we are, to selfishness. And there's a mortality as part of your very sinful nature. And let's face it, you're not living a very good life, are you? There are consequences to actions. The point of the death of Christ is that Christ took on the sins of the world so that what we put out did not come back to us and that our sinful nature does not reap the obvious death. That's the point. It should keep us humbled. It is not our own good works that get us through the gates of heaven. The interviewer says, that's a great idea, no denying it. Such a great hope is wonderful, even though it's close to lunacy, in my opinion. Christ has his rank among the world's great thinkers, but the Son of God isn't that far-fetched. Let me just finish with this last paragraph. Bono says, no, it's not far-fetched to me. The secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet, obviously a very interesting guy. Had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets, be they Elijah, Mohammed, Buddha, or Confucius. But actually, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off that hook. Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't call me a teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I'm the Messiah. I'm saying... I am God incarnate. And people say, no, no, please, just be a prophet. A prophet, we can take. You're a bit eccentric. We've had John the Baptist eating locusts and wild honey. We can handle that, but don't mention the M word. Because, you know, if you do, we're going to have to crucify you. And Jesus goes, no, no, I know you're expecting me to come back with an army and set you free from all these creeps. But actually, I am the Messiah. At this point, everyone starts staring at their shoes and says, Oh my God, he's going to keep saying this. So what you're left with is either Christ was who he said he was, or he was a complete nutcase. The idea that the entire course of civilization for over half of the globe could have its fate changed and turned upside down by a nutcase. For me, that's far-fetched. If only we could be a bit more like him, the world would be transformed. When I look at the cross and see there all my stuff and everyone else's, and I ask myself a question a lot of people have asked who is this man and was he who he said he was or was he just a religious nut and there it is that is the question and no one can talk you into it and no one can talk you out of it what a great interview sorry to quote that at length but there's some edgy language in there but I think he has the Christian gospel in a nutshell there. Jesus is God in human flesh and he came to die 
to save us from condemnation. If today you are a curious inquirer, I really hope that you'll continue to come and ask questions and think deeply. My challenge for you today is whatever you do with that question, who is this man Jesus? Don't go, yeah, but am I bothered? And if you are a believer, I hope you'll be reminded of the huge motivating content within the gospel and that this would drive away apathy and refresh your joy. Amen.